I want to ask you to do something that's going to be a little bit unpleasant. And for some of us here, it's even going to be a little bit painful. I'm just the visitor, so I can get away with this. I want you to think for a minute about the lies that are in your life right now. Not the little ones, not the little white lies, but maybe some of the more significant ones. Maybe there are lies that, for whatever reason, you yourself are putting forward, not because you want to necessarily. They serve a lot of purposes in our life. Maybe it's a way of trying to deal with a painful situation. Maybe it's a way to try and create some peace in an otherwise difficult relationship. Maybe it's a way of just kind of looking at yourself that you've come to get comfortable with over the years or decades. Maybe some of these lies have nothing to do with choices of yours, but they're lies you're subjected to. Maybe lies that have been sort of foisted on you in your work or in your family, in society at large. Sometimes we find ourselves having to deal with other people's falsehoods, and we don't quite know how to get around them. But all of those lies, I'd like to suggest, if they have one thing in common, it's that they're confining. They, in some ways, govern and rule our life. Again, not always in big, dramatic ways, but this side of paradise, there's always going to be some lies there. All right, just put that one aside for a minute. Now I want you to imagine that you're traveling and you go over to England, right? Happy trip. Let's say you've never been there before. You know nothing about England. You, you grew up in a cave and all of a sudden there you are. And you're walking along in London and one day you see Elizabeth. But you don't know who she is. And you've been walking around London and you've kind of been seeing, you know, what is it that people do and what is it that makes the place tick? Would you ever think in a million years that this was the queen? Would you ever think that Elizabeth, this kindly elderly woman, to be sure she's surrounded by paparazzi and people are trying to take her picture, but if you knew nothing about England, you might conclude she was an elder member of the Kardashian clan, right? Why would you ever think she's queen? Does anybody wake up in England and say, I wonder what Elizabeth told me to do today? I wonder what we're going to do on the world stage. What will Elizabeth declare? Can I do this? Is it all right? Let me check with the queen first. Probably you'd never guess in a million years that England was governed by a queen because we know it's been a long, long time since the king or the queen of England had very much of anything to do with how people govern their lives. You probably see where I'm going with this. If you walked into any Catholic church on any given Sunday, or better yet, if you walked out into a community where X percent of the people are Catholic, we live in a pretty Catholic area of Chicagoland, would you ever conclude what we're celebrating today, that Jesus Christ is King? Would you ever find someone who says, you know, as I woke up this morning, I just wanted to check in my decisions with Jesus. I just said a little prayer to say, okay, King, what should I be doing today? That big decision I've been weighing, what do you tell me I should do? I'll be brutally honest. I certainly don't live that way. And yet, I would say, yes, Christ is our King. God does govern the world. 
But if we can honestly say that at many times the kingship of Christ doesn't seem all that different from the queenship of Elizabeth, that isn't something we necessarily ought to be depressed over. But it clearly underscores the fact that whatever the kingship of Christ looks like, it's not some sort of exterior power that we have to obey. And I think in some ways that would make Jesus very pleased because the whole point of his life on earth was to underscore the fact that what truly is the kingship looks very different from what that word normally means. And so I'd almost like to suggest that instead of celebrating the kingship of Christ, we ought to celebrate the kingdom of Christ because it's a very funny sort of kingdom. It's a kingdom that only exists to the degree that you or I are willing to acknowledge we do have a king. So why don't we rule our lives by that king? Why don't we check in regularly? Well, now let's go back to the painful question. Because I'd like to suggest the thing that gets in the way of our king truly being the one who rules our decisions is exactly what Jesus says in the gospel. He was no fool. It was as true 2,000 years ago as it is today. The question that he puts to Pilate, he could put to any one of us, certainly me. Do you say I'm a king because you believe it? Or do you say I'm a king because you were told? Do you say I'm a king because you wandered into Mass on the Feast of Christ the King? Why do you say I'm a king? And Pilate, of course, had to fumble around, basically saying, you ain't no king of mine. And then Jesus says, here's why. I will never be recognized as your king to the degree that you are governed by lies. What does he say I've come to bring? This is the Gospel of John. Jesus in the Gospel of John is all about truth. The way, the truth, the life, we know all those terms. But that looks like something. What gets in the way of Christ really being our king is precisely the fact that our lives, more than we often want to admit it, are governed by lies. Now, I'm not trying to suggest that the love and the beauty and the truth in your life, in my life, isn't powerful. But if I'm going to be truly honest, decisions that I make are often driven by lies. I don't want the truth to come out. And that can shape real concrete choices that I make. Thanksgiving time, holidays coming. Think of all the little lies that govern families at times. They can govern marriages, relationships between parents and children. They can feed their way through the workplace. And they really do have a power all their own, not because we want them to, but because fear is such a strong motivator. Jesus was no fool. He understood that. That's why he talks about himself being the truth, because that truth is ultimately the thing. He says it directly, right? that will set us free. There's a power in that truth that should never be underestimated. If any fans here of Machiavelli, I hope we don't have too many, but maybe one or two, he knew something that the subjects in England didn't, and that's that the prince can have a lot more power when it comes to boots on the ground than the king ever could. The king can sit on his throne and pontificate but oftentimes it's the prince who's down there in the midst of everyday life as the enforcer, as the one who's saying, this is what you got to do. Now think about it for a minute. Jesus names the prince. 
the prince of this world, whom he also calls the prince of lies. Lies can be so, so powerful. The truth can be even more powerful, but we have to open ourselves up to it. We have to literally declare truth, parenthesis, Jesus, be my king. How do we do it? How do we cross that hurdle in the face of fear that says, don't go there? This lie is serving a pretty good purpose. Thank you very much. It got me through the first 10, 20, 50, 70 years of my life. That's why grace matters. That's why today is a feast day in the Catholic Church, and it's not just a self-help book. What a beautiful thing to pray for as we ease into the Advent season. Pray for the courage to really bring truth into the face of some of those lies. Ask for the grace for that to happen. And a lot of times, grace is manifested in human relationships. So sit down with that person whom you most love and maybe put some of those lies on the table, even if it's not between you and them, but allow the love that you share, the manifested presence of Christ in the world, to be an encouragement. And maybe as each week of Advent goes along and we light another candle, take on another lie so that when we gather here on Christmas morning, you're just a little bit or maybe a lot freer than you are today. And I set the same challenge to myself. Christ is the king, no doubt about it. But is he a king whom we're willing to have rule our lives?